This episode of High on Tour with Victor Pino is sponsored by Nissanco Cannabis PR. Whether you're a small business or a large cannabis enterprise, you can rely on the expert team at Nissanco Cannabis PR to position your message, your product, and your brand for success in the global marketplace. Visit nissanco.com to learn more. That's N-I-S-O-N-C-O.com. Every year, millions of global travelers flock to California in search of the world's finest cannabis. My job? Get these travelers very high and show them a great time. It's not always as easy as you'd think. Join me, your heady host and cannabis tour guide, Victor Pino, as I spend an hour each week trimming back the storied nuggets of life in the weed tourism game. I'll be joined by my friends, colleagues, and competitors across the cannabis industry. So get on board the weed bus, buckle up, and as always, smoke them if you got them. You're about to get high on tour with Victor Pino. Just going through it. As I usually say, smoke them if you got them, so go on. Yes, so, yes. As you're smoking, <coughs> tell me, April. April Black, Highway Travel. What do you, uh, tell me a little bit about how this all got started. Tell me a little bit about... What was the very beginnings, the very earliest days of highway travel, and what did that look and feel like uh, back in back in the day? Well, before highway travel, I was busting moves with CS travel, which is how I got my whole my feet wet, and then it entirely submerged in cannabis tourism. And uh, once we were, I wasn't with CS travel anymore because they stopped existing. Then. Uh, we started Hireway Travel, and it was born out of a phone call from an old client of mine that was doing some stuff at the Hawaii Cannabis Expo, and they wanted me to book some travel packages for that event. And I said, well, I better figure out how to have a travel agency, because this is on. And what year was that? That was not that long ago, 2016. That was about about four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, having been around longer than anyone else in this kind of tourism, this cannabis tourism space, um, what do you notice? What's changing from 2016 when you started your company to, you know, what's kind of happening today? I mean, I know we're in this midst of this COVID uh, limitation with COVID, you know, not letting us do a lot of travel, but... You know, going back to just before COVID, tell us a little bit about uh, where you saw things going. Where, where was the promise in all this? People, you know, if you build it, they will come. So it didn't really matter what type of cannabis event you were having, whether it was a wellness retreat uh, here in California, if it was, you know, something out of the country, like in Jamaica. People just wanted to come and experience cannabis, experience a whole cannabis centric vacation and no they weren't going to get in trouble so i only envisioned it just you know soaring what were some of the earliest challenges you faced i mean were you calling hotel i can i can only imagine like in 2016 if you were calling a hotel and being like i'm booking a weed tour for or you know travel for a bunch of weed people you know like what what was the tell me a little bit about the reactions and kind of what you were dealing with then that was wow. similar to now yeah. Well, I have to say I'm really lucky because I was doing all that stuff with the High Times Cannabis Cup and booking all those tours, which how people got to know me back in 2008 to like 2013. Um, 
you know, people knew that I was into cannabis tourism and that's what I did. So people would come to me with their hotels or their friend's hotel or, hey, I have a friend who's got these tree houses in Washington or uh, a grower friend of mine named Matt Dolber said, hey, you should check out this spot in Jamaica called Coral Cove. Uh, another friend of mine suggested these yurts in this one little resort in uh, Colorado, which is not existing anymore. And it wasn't because of COVID. It's just because they didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is something that I had trouble with, is if you, you know, you get the hook on a place, hey, this is a cannabis-friendly place, and you look and do some research about it, and you see, yes, it is. You see Yelp, and you see other reviews and stuff but you don't check it yourself and go Mm. there, it can be a very, very bad situation. So this place in Colorado, they were really doing great and having cannabis weddings and different events Mm. and stuff. And I had some uh, people booked to go there. And then all of a sudden, I just wasn't getting my response emails. They Mm -hmm. weren't answering the phone. And it turns out that the two brothers that own the place took all this money from all these deposits people had left with Ooh. them for weddings and stuff, and they just took off. Luckily, wow. luckily, I didn't have anybody go there. I figured it out. and I Yeah, was... but that's, I mean, these are the kinds of things, yeah. you know, people Woof. hear. We hear about stuff like this, you know, having been in just the cannabis space, it's a very regular, you know, uh, legacy people in the cannabis space have been around knowing that, you know, it's not always uh, as... Uh, how do I put this? It's not always as uh, official or efficient or real as things present themselves. Sometimes you, uh, you know, people have a lot of really high ideas, run with this idea, put it on the internet. It's a thing on the internet, and then people start buying it, and then they can't support the actual sell. Yeah. So I, I understand. I, I totally, you know, um, but you know, I'm I'm kind of wondering. You had mentioned something. Um, you had mentioned that like these guys just like took off on you. Um, tell me a little bit about a situation in which you had a bunch of people kind of expecting an expectation. You know, tourists have expectations and setting the expectation is half of the battle with being a, a successful tour company. So um, wh- how did you set the expectation and, 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 and tell me about that situation that I know you have in your background where the expectations didn't meet the reality and what happened? Well, you know, sometimes nature throws a doozy at you and you really cannot foresee what nature is going to do. And I just happened to be there during the trip where it happened and it was a major flop and a lot of miscommunication all the way around and a lot of rain and it affected this type of communication. Phones, yeah, phone communication. And it was just, you know, it was a nightmare. But just, you know, being honest and upfront and, and just leveling with everybody, you know, hey, this is out of my control, but I'm here to help us out in any way that I can. Uh, a good tour guide friend of mine from from my youth, uh, uh, you know, uh, told me one time, he's like, setting the expectation is what, you know, is what's the difference between a one-star review and a five-star review. And he, what he meant by that was, you know, uh, being honest and upfront with what people are purchasing and setting the expectation clearly and defining it clearly upfront and then delivering on it um, are, 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 is, is the real key to success there. Um, so, it, you know, having all these kind of things kind of put up against you, you know, the rain, the weather, you know, the, you know, the people kind of dipping out on their, their, their contracts, um, you know, this, this is all really challenging stuff we deal with. I've actually had a situation where I've brought people to a tour 
and we had everything set up. And then I guess the person who was setting up the, the tour site, uh, when I arrived had not told their staff on that day that I was supposed to be running a tour. So you have like the weekend master grower being like, who are you? Why do you have a bus here with five or six people? Like, you know, and that's a disaster, but you know, we ended up working it through and, and getting it going, but yeah, things like this happen. And especially in cannabis with people, uh, you know, with cannabis being such a nascent, uh, industry, there's a lot of flaky, uh, opportunities for flake is what we'll yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, so tell me a little bit about some of the more fun times, you know, uh, you know, you guys have been doing tours to Jamaica. You guys have been doing tours with, uh, uh, you know, with high times. Tell me a little bit about, uh, some of the more fun times you've had moving, uh, cannabis travelers around the globe. Like what are some of the intricacies of, you know, hurting the cannabis, traveler hurting the cats that is you know a weed traveler well okay so one of the highlights and one of the the funner things i did that i can't wait to do again was this thing in amsterdam and i called it the space cake go-go and (laughs) you can see where we're going here right where we meet at a coffee shop we enjoy some space cakes some joints and stuff and then we all walk over to the amsterdam sign take some pictures and then go to the van gogh museum by then the edibles are kicking in uh-huh. And talk about herding cats, you know, making sure that we're all kind of staying together. I'm not trying to rush people through the art right. at That's all. what I always say. It's like, we're not rushing. This is a weed tour. You're like, Calm down. It just, soak it in. We're, just, we're not going anywhere fast. Okay. But we do have a time limit. So, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. So that's a really fun one. Um, here's one where there was kind of a problem, but... Nobody on the bus knew that there was a problem. We were in Hawaii, and I was doing the first ever Surf and Terps tour, which I created where we go to, we pick up some fruit at a fruit stand, and we have all this different tropical fruit. Then we go to a, a grow, and then we get to, you know, sample some goods at the grow, take pictures and stuff, and then go to the beach and then turp it up. Uh-huh. Well, we had stopped to get some gas in the bus, but... Apparently, somebody messed up and there wasn't any uh, fluid in the radiator. Whoa. So they just thought we were getting gas for a long time and everybody used the bathroom and got snacks and stuff and they would just put water in the radiator, but nobody knew. That the thing was about to fall apart and yeah. explode. Yeah. Yeah, I knew. I knew. <laughs> That's <laughs> really funny. That's really funny. There are times, you know, there are times when you're running a tour and... Uh, you know, you could kind of, something goes wrong and you're doing your best to kind of mitigate and control the circumstances. But tell me, uh, who's the most famous person you've ever had in your bus? Oh, the most famous person? Yeah. Oh, well, I would probably, not really in my bus, but on one of our things, uh, we had Redman. Oh, Redman. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, That's super cool. There was like a meet and greet with Tommy Chong at the Hawaii Cannabis Expo. And you guys pull it off, man. People were traveling with us got to meet Tommy Chong. That's fantastic. That's that's the kind of, that's that's the level of, yeah, that's the level of, uh, of cool opportunity that I guess cannabis tourism presents. And, you know, it's really funny. Um, You know, we've had a lot of interesting tours over the past three, four years that we've been in operation. And we've been, you know, I guess the funniest thing, I guess, that happened was uh, we got um, we got booking. We've gotten bookings from uh, people in hip hop, people in, uh, you, know, you know, stars in L.A. And, and the thing is, is that a lot of those times those folks make you 
they'll buy the private tour, but they also make you sign like a non-disclosure agreement as the tour provider to let, make sure you don't tell the whole world that, you know, whoever's on your bus, um, it's just really funny, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that happens. I mean, people, you know, people, weed tourism is, is growing now. So it's, it's getting, uh, it's getting about that time where people are getting involved, buying tickets and, um, tell me, what do you guys plan, um, you know, to kind of shift gears a little bit, what do you guys plan to do, uh, to, you know, higher travels, obviously very viable, very successful. Let me hear what you guys are planning to do going forward, coming out of pandemic here. Well, focus is on health, right? We've all been kind of really thinking about our health. So I'm rolling out our higher health retreat, bringing it back around. So that's completely you know, health. Tell focused. us about tell us about well, the higher health retreat. Sure. Well, me being the yoga teacher, and that's yeah. what I've been doing the longest as a yoga teacher. Um, I'm able to find a nice cannabis friendly space. Oh, she needs to take her little puff co dab. Let her take her a little puff co dab. Little puff co dab. Yeah. So. Low and slow. So yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so it's going to be at an outdoor campground with like glamping tents. Probably up in Northern California. I was thinking in the desert, but uh, it's already winter time and things are a little so weird with winter. And it's gonna it's gonna have, of course, infused meals, optional. Not everybody likes to consume cannabis that way, and um, some essential oils. Oh yeah, look at you! Got your nail out there. It's gonna can have essential oils. It's gonna have some sound bathing, some hiking, and some different, you know, breathing and meditation workshops combined with the yoga and some art and some journaling, a little journaling workshop. And the workshops are all optional if you wanna, you know, come or go, you know, depending on how you feel. That's great. Yeah. That just, is really great. Just a lot so, of bringing it inward. I know. So tell me a little bit about you're on this health focus, you're on this health kick. What are your tours? I mean, what do guests seek out? I mean, a lot of times I ask my guests, not a lot of times, every time I get a a tour, I've always asked my guests, the very first question is, what do you think a weed tour is? What is your expectation of a weed tour? And I have, if I've asked this question a million times, I've gotten a million different answers. Everybody has a very different expectation of what a weed tour. Tell us what you're planning to do going forward um, you know, what do your guests kind of demand of you and what are you planning to do to kind of like, you know, keep it fresh for them? You know, tourism well, is, go on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, the, the main, the biggest question that people ask me with my tours is, uh, cause my packages come with a little bit of ganja with the package, but they, uh-huh. they always say, well, can I get more? So yes, you can get more. <laughs> the guaranteed, yes, you can get more. That's the, that's the number one thing. People ask. So are you, are you really just, when you're doing tours, are you going to places where the, the, the gifting of ganja is completely legal or like, you know, how do, how do you mitigate yeah, that? Yep. Yep. For the most part. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not going to too many places where it's not happening, <laughs> you know, I, I'm working with, working on Costa Rica and that's kind of a little CBD thing, uh-huh. you know, because they're, they're not so weed friendly. But, right, right, right. But they're on the and There way. are some Costa Rican tours. I, I do follow some folks on Instagram that look like they're 
doing some wild and fun tours in Costa Rica. Are you linking up with any of those folks? Yep, I've got a couple of partners down there, and it's awesome. Costa Rica is such an amazing place. It's big, but it's small. Well, it's small, but it's big, I should say, because uh-huh. there's so many different regions, and you have to have a car. If you are going to go right. out there, you have to rent a car. So I'm sure I'm sure for a lot of people, like the fact that you're doing all this legwork, the fact that you're researching all of this in advance for them and doing a lot of this extra planning. I mean, that's got to be a real value and a real benefit to somebody who's, let's say, a cannabis consumer in the United States that maybe never traveled abroad. Oh, yeah. I get people like that most of the time or they've never traveled abroad and they don't know what they're doing. I walk them through the steps on getting their passport. Oh, and wow. I, you go that far, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Full don't service. Know what to do. And, you know, I give my cell phone number to people when they're traveling out of the country, when I put together all their travel documents and stuff, I give them my cell phone number. So I'm available for everybody when they're traveling. So if they're having a problem, if they're confused or nervous or they're having a good time and they're drunk and they just want to call me and say, thanks, April. This has been awesome. I'm there. What are the opportunities you see? in cannabis tourism right now, um, even in the midst of COVID, what are you guys at, at Higher Way Travel seeing as the next big thing that you guys want to tackle? You know, it's, it's a, I want to have my own little bed, cannabis bed and breakfast. Along with doing all the events and the other trips I do, I'd like to have the bed and breakfast. That way I can focus on the health stuff, offer a really cool experience every single, you know, every single day, as well as have all the trips abroad. That's what I'd like to do. And I just want to build my um, On the Road Again series so I have all my California-based trips, you know, three days here, three days there, and get those going. Right, right. No, that's 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 really promising. I think we're going to have an opportunity as things kind of get back to normal and revert back to some semblance of normalcy that people are going to come back to tourism uh, you know, I've read a lot of different things. I've read uh, articles that are saying, you know, tourism's going to come back real sh- slowly. I've read articles that, you know, tourism is going to be, you know, we're going to see the roaring 20s of tourism. Um, I, I don't really have, I mean, I have my my opinions and perspectives, but I, I, I'm erring on the side of it's going to be a little bit more of a conservative growth curve than people are expecting it to be, especially since, you know, I'm a firm believer that it's going to take us as, you know, as long as, as long as it took us to get to this point, right. Where we have a critical mass of people kind of uh, getting vaccinated and a, and a critical mass of people no longer getting sick and the, the numbers going down in hospitalizations. Like at this point, it's been almost a year. It's, it's going to take easily, in my opinion, a, a year for us from this point forward to go back to some semblance of where we were a year ago. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but I'd love to kind of get your take on where tourism is going to go post COVID just kind of as a general topic. Well, I do agree. It's going to be a slow roll back for people to, to want to travel. I think that the drive market's going to reign supreme for the next couple years, but you know, with the vaccination, you know, people are getting vaccinated. That's going to be more, you know, encouraging for people to travel. Also, you know, they have the te- mandatory testing when you're coming back into the United States. And when it first came into place, some of the tests were like 200 and 250 bucks. 
Now you can get those tests before you depart at the airport the same day you're traveling for like $55. So I think Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Oakland Airport actually has a, a vending machine for wow. COVID tests wow. right in the terminal. I was reading about that. I was like, that's pretty cool, man. So like that's you know, a whole fly... different industry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. fly, <laughs> fly, uh, fly anywhere in America and yeah. get a COVID test at the terminal or anywhere in the world, really. All right, April, we've been having a great conversation around. Uh, the tour company and tourism. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what the opportunities are where you live and where you're where you're at in California. All right. Well, we are in the central coast area of California, so we're halfway between L.A. and San Francisco, and I live in a city called Paso Robles, California, and it is a wine destination. So if you're into wine, especially Zinfandels, come on down. Now, they don't have so many weed grows because this county isn't really into it, but that doesn't mean you can't go to dispensaries. You have a couple dispensaries, and I offer tours where we can do a yoga class by the beach. I could take you for a guided hike. We could go to a couple other little undisclosed areas, and I can show you a really good time. Uh, Harmony, California is a really special destination because you can actually... Uh, hang out in the whole town, and the whole town is is pretty ganja friendly. You can oh. even rent it out for an event. Oh wow, the whole town! It's a pop- yeah, it's a population of about you know sixteen people. <laughs> you basically paying off the whole town to have a party, and it's just right. Across- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what people do. You know, people people rent out the town for weddings or other kind of events and stuff. They have a little chapel there. They have a glass blowing studio there. They have a tasting room. Do you do weddings? Do you do? It's cool. Have you? It's pla- definitely somewhere to check out. Have you planned weddings for for yeah. cannabis tours? Like for. Okay, okay. So tell me a little bit about your wedding plan because I've done a little bit of that for some friends and such, but you're much more involved in that. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what's that like for people getting married for the first time and like wanting to do a little weed. uh, Yeah, yeah. But wanting to do a little bit of weed. uh, You know, having a little bit of weed involved in, in, in their wedding ceremony. What do you, what do you kind of do for them? If you, if somebody calls you up. Well, it depends. You know, most of the time, people want to get married. They're eloping in Jamaica. That's what people want to do. But I've also done that with uh, help with weddings in the States. So if it's in Jamaica, you know, I coordinate with them and make sure that they um, are getting, like, some cannabis flowers in their bouquet and maybe some cannabis flowers in his corsage. And they can have medicated meals and they can have, like, beautiful portraits taken in a ganja Very garden. Cool. And that's Jamaica, you know, but uh, in the States, people kind of, you know, have bigger weddings. They're not eloping. They're having receptions where you can have a dab bar. You can have um, personalized papers and personalized bongs and stuff. And so just depending on what their budget is and what they want to do, if they want to go super big or if they just want to keep it cute and small, which is what it's been now, cute and small, you can kind of add it in any way, even if you wanted just to have like, stationary you know i'll just talk with the bride talk with the bride and see what they're thinking yeah, yeah. with what they're you know sometimes they just want weed they, don't they just even want weed to be a part thinking. of it and they'll just no they're just like you know what <laughs> like a peacock feather so let's just like work it around the colors of a peacock that's really feather funny. And... So, so tell me a little bit okay so i got to do a shameless yeah. plug both for your company and for my company 
if anybody's listening right now that's getting married, both of our Emerald Farm Tours and Highway Travel can both support you, both, you know, us in Northern California, Highway Travel down in Southern California can support you with, you know, uh, a, a weed-infused wedding plan. Um, you know, one of the things I always um, like to tell folks when they're booking uh, any sort of private event with us is that we'll do anything. If it's weed-related and it's feasible and it's reasonable, we'll try to do anything you need. So uh, I, I would imagine the same thing is, yeah. goes for you in Highway Travel, April. Um, yeah, so tell me, uh, you know, you going know forward, I... you know, moving past the shameless plug as to, you know, doing weddings, tell me a little bit about you're facing now uh growing your business uh i want to get into kind of the meat and potatoes of uh what are some of the problems what do you wake up every morning worried about uh running your business i know that every entrepreneur has their challenges with their companies i'm asking you to to dig a little deeper beneath the skin here and tell us yeah sure i'm worried i'm worried about if i'm gonna get uh, like kicked off social media like, you know, that's a big part of, of like getting the word out there and reaching out to our community. So I can't worry about that. I worry like are people gonna see me? Is this do you even do you see me out here, everybody? Yeah, I worry about that stuff. I worry, you know, um if some kind of crazy government crackdown's gonna happen and then we can't do what we're gonna do because well, we they're gonna change the law of all of a sudden. When they change the laws on smoking and cannabis. Sure. Uh on board uh, you know, PUC California PUC licensed buses that the public yeah that PUC for oh, yeah. those who don't oh, yeah. know is the Public Utilities Commission they they basically run uh, you know they run you know the, the 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 bus permitting system in California and anybody who runs tours has to kind of get a tour bus uh, permit through the PUC uh, now the thing about that is that they were uh, last I would say two years ago. Uh, prior to two years ago when cannabis tourism kind of when we started operating we started doing you know our bus companies would let us have uh, smoking aboard the vehicles vaping etc you know electric nails and stuff on the on the bus you know the battery operated puff and stuff so no, no flame yeah so so Which but you know the, so the driver was in a separated compartment uh, you know, the driver had a separate mm -hmm. ventilation on the front half of the bus from the back. So we were following what we thought and were the most reasonable sense and sensible regulations. Then a proposal was made to codify those sensible regulations that we were kind of uh, running with. And that was terminated by the uh, by the governor's task force. And the governor's task force about two years ago uh, weighed in and said, you know, we're not going to permit this. We're going to shut it down. So it never got its, 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 its day in the legislature and it was put, put down. So they, they weren't about to regulate, they weren't ready to regulate that into, uh, legal existence. So we had to stop. They, they made it explicit that smoking aboard PUC vehicles, uh, was not permissible and so we stopped doing that and so we had to we had to pivot we had to pivot to doing some you know other things so uh but yeah i'm sure that's changed a lot of you know how the experience is manifesting itself for cannabis tourism in california but you know that's not stopped us from changing the way we run tours or changing you know we've we've we, we don't smoke on the on the oh, bus way. but no we, there's plenty of places around and about 
Yeah, totally. And the pull over and yeah. all kinds of cool spots. Yeah, you You're showing people it, the cool smoking spots. Yeah, all the stoners love the smoking spots. spots. People appreciate that. People really like yeah, the insider's exactly. look on, on what it's like to yeah. be a cannabis consumer in blank city, right? That's that's exactly it. That's what I give people is I give them the inside look of what it's like going to Amsterdam and not doing the tourist like you're doing touristic things. Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful city, but you're not just walking into any coffee shop just like super confused and not feeling like you're welcome there. How many times a lot of times I would do tours and the guests would be like, we don't really want a tour. We just want to be have our hands like held as we walk yeah. into a very scary dispensary for the first time. How, how often does that happen to you? I mean, that, that happens oh, more often that, than most not. Most of my Jamaica travel, you know, people have one idea of it. Oh, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. We're going to go on Orange Hill and it's going to be scary. But they're like, oh my gosh, those are the nicest people ever. I, what is our... What is Orange Hill? Can you give oh, us Orange Hill is, yeah, a, is a very famous area in Westmoreland, Jamaica, which is Negril side, and that's what that parish is called, uh, and uh, Westmoreland Parish, and that's where the ganja is grown. But I tell you now, they've uh, come leaps and bounds out there. There's some greenhouses in Jamaica, and then there's even some indoor grows, which is very, very, very fancy and state of the art. Just think about it. Think about it. You know, they have to have indoor drying rooms and yeah. all that air conditioning. And there's a lot of investment and a lot of uh, cannabis uh, growth in Jamaica, where, for where sure. Do you see, where do you see the next opportunity for tourism in the world? I mean, what's the? I mean, we know that Amsterdam is shutting down its, uh, I know. you know, the ability to I smoke just, cannabis in Amsterdam for tourists is going to be gone soon. So what what is what is the next big global, you know, is it California? Is it Barcelona? It's, it's, it is California. California is the spot. It's we got so much beauty here. People don't just I mean, they want to see the ganja, but they want to see the redwoods and they want to see the Pacific Ocean and take a picture with their feet like halfway in the ocean and then in the sand because they never saw the Pacific Ocean before. And they want to do, and they want to do it on weed. And, that's and they like, want to do it on yeah, weed. They and they want to not yeah. get fined when, when they smoke in yeah. their hotel room or at their Airbnb or wherever. Get, getting high on tour, right? High on tour. <laughs> exactly. Boom. Exactly. There's I, your zinger. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, um, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, April, I'm going to back up. I want to learn about... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to Go. back up because oh, New Jersey whoa. New Jersey just went legal, so we got to talk about that because all that's right, going to be right, a right. huge explosion. Okay. okay, okay. So in the interest of full disclosure, April and I have a history of being New Jersey residents. And so it's we, a beautiful place. It's called the Garden State for a reason. I disagree, but go on. <laughs> we can have this discussion for weeks. Um, I am a, I am a New Jersey native. April, you are a New Jersey native? No way. I lived there for eight years. But not a native. Okay. No, good. no. So you, uh, you love New Jersey more than the native on this uh, on this podcast. I found the beautiful parts. I'm and just kidding. I saw I lo- a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, look, like a, I lot love- of, a lot of dog shit in the sidewalk out there in Jersey City, guys. I Come on. There's dog shit everywhere. I, I learned that, too. I would be like, <laughs> oh, the dog poop. I'm so upset. And then I'm walking down the street in my new neighborhood in California. And I'm like, oh, the dog poop followed me. <laughs> no, it's it's true. But you know, we looking at the New Jersey situation. Let let's let's ask let's ask the question. Like, um, is is the is what happened in New Jersey 
the legalization of cannabis, uh, the way it's been legalized, and I'm sure you followed it a little bit, April, to this point. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long, hard-fought journey. Oh, And to yeah. ask too much of these, of these legislatures and to ask too much of the actual... Uh, law itself is is a little uh, is not really taking into consideration how long it took to get here. Uh, I did have a part in playing. Uh, I did have a part to play. Uh, you know, about ten years ago, fifteen years ago, where I was helping. You know, feet on the ground to legalize cannabis in New Jersey for medical. You know, initially it was for medical, uh, you know, necessity medical purposes. Uh, but you know, now it's legal for 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 adult consumers as of what yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as of yesterday, it was legal for adult consumers. It's, it, they're not. There's no system in place no. uh, for legalization for a legalized purchase system yet. Uh, but there is the, the 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 cessation of arrests, and that's kind of what we really wanted to get out of this immediately yes. and up front, right? So oh, that yes. being said, where are the opportunities? Having lived for eight years in New Jersey. Uh, where are the opportunities for tourism is in oh, New Jersey? Oh my gosh. I definitely oh. see lounges, lounges, oh, lounges. Oh, lounges for sure. I'm going to put together a trip down the shore. Ah, a trip down to the, down to the yeah. boardwalk. Oh yeah. Boardwalk. Definitely. I think that people would want to stay in New Jersey, but then they'll go check out New York. They'll uh. go check out whatever shows, you know, concerts right. at Central Park, but yeah. You know, and you, you can could... go right from Asbury Park to oh you know, New York City on a ferry. You know, oh it's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not, not not a lot of people know that that's even possible. But from I know, Sandy and Hook, that's a beautiful. From... It's beautiful yeah. out there. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, so I'm happy for New Jersey. I'm happy for our East Coast peeps. Yes, congratulations, New Jersey. You guys they worked, worked hard. very hard. Um, and to all of my friends and family in New Jersey. You're welcome. <laughs> no, just kidding. In all seriousness, I think uh, there was a lot of people to be thanked. Um, there's a lot of people to be thanked. There's a couple of people I want to call out specifically to the New Jersey thing. Uh, legendary hero and one of the original outspoken voices for medical uh, cannabis in New Jersey, uh, uh, Ken Wolski, uh, RN, uh, out of South Jersey. Uh, Ken... Uh, basically created and started the uh, uh, CMMNJ, I believe. Uh, so that that organization was the first uh, medical cannabis, the Coalition for Medical Marijuana in New Jersey. Uh, and then that gave way to a lot of lobbying efforts uh, later down the road uh, for a lot of, uh, for DPA and uh, the, uh, you know, the... Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of organizations that had to get involved to make make cannabis legal in New Jersey. But congratulations, thank you, Governor Murphy, for signing the damn thing in the last Finally. 20 minutes. Literally, it was like came down to the wire, like last 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, one thing that also happened with the legalization of, of of cannabis was this whole like nobody really even knew it was coming, but they also uh, reduced the penalties for underage drinking in the same. Swath the bill. Wow! So so they reduced the pe- so like mushrooms are decrim or something like wow. that. Wow! Uh, not decrim, but they reduced the penalties. I I, I actually got to look up the like mushroom thing. I can't talk crap on the podcast, but I will say that I know for a fact that the part of this this uh, this uh, reduction in uh, uh, this harm reduction the harm reduction was uh, was basically making it so that. Uh, 
underage drinking if you get caught underage drinking you're you you got to guess a slap on the wrist and and rightfully so i mean look yes. it's so funny Agreed. we used to run safer initiatives when i was in at the university of maryland college park we ran a safer initiative a safer campaign uh, Safer Alternatives for Enjoyable Recreation was the name of the campaign. It was run by Mason Tavert, and it was run. Oh, awesome. uh, yeah, so we kind of like showed up and. Well, you and, guys go way back. Yeah, we go way back That's to cool. 2002, 2003. Wow. So, yeah, so um, we got, uh, we ran that campaign, and it was funny because the actual premise of the campaign was, uh, you know, let's make campus penalties for pot level or equal to those of alcohol given that the you know we know that you know cannabis is a safer alternative for recreational uh enjoyment let's let's make those penalties equal so we successfully passed that campaign it took a few years after we left maryland after i left maryland for that to be implemented but uh it went from a zero tolerance policy to like I think a three strike policy, which was a little bit better at the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's just really funny to see uh, as part of this cannabis policy change a huge shift in just general, you know, recreational substance abuse. I'm sorry, recreational substance <laughs> consumption. Consumption. Uh, consumption uh, laws change because the real abuse there is actually in the penalties surrounding the 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 actual crime and i'm throwing little air quotes in crime because there's there's no crime there uh but yeah uh so so tell me what do you uh what do you, what else do you see for new jersey uh you know i just see people going out there and starting grows and starting businesses i think we only have like a couple dispensaries right now yeah so i i see them opening up and i would put i would put together like a little trip out there uh, with, with, uh. that would involve hiking and maybe do some like Appalachian trail hiking. And, uh, how about know. apple picking? I love. I always loved oh my apple gosh, picking. Yeah. yeah, get apple cider and weed. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. Apple cider and weed. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. That's a great one. That's apple cider. One. Those crazy apple cider donuts they sell you down in. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I got to call them out because that's the place of my childhood. Battleview Orchards in Monmouth County. Oh, that's Monmouth County. Yeah, nice. it's a cool place. So that's nice. anyway, so sh big shout to our friends in New Jersey listening to the podcast. Congratulations on your legal weed and uh, good luck to you on all of your ventures in micro businesses, deliveries and dispensaries. And if you uh, want the good genetics, come to California. <laughs> and also give us a call uh, when you want to start running tours because we'll help you set it up. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, we a lot of the things that we, you know, April and I, uh, we we tend to be very generous, you and I, um, with with our time and with our our our, our uh, expertise. So uh, yeah. you know, we we like to talk to people about you know how we can how 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 the world could set up you know more cannabis tourist tourism experiences. It's about so. the connection and us working together. You know, if we don't totally. work together, then what? Totally, totally. So. I want to bring our conversation this afternoon to a, a very nice uh, packaged close. Uh, I want to ask you, um, April, if you have, uh, if you had 30 seconds to say anything you wanted to say to our listeners this, this afternoon, here's your 30 seconds. Ready, go. Hey, listeners, if you want to 
come on a wonderful cannabis tourism experience, check out Higher Way Travel. We'll actually hang out together and I will show you some beautiful destinations filled with beautiful bud, good food, good vibes. I'll even take some pictures for you, you know, no extra charge at all. I'm actually, I'm like your travel plug, really, and uh, I'm here to hook you up. Weed plug, travel plug, friend plug, thank you, April Black from Higher Way Travel. It has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Uh, look forward to having you back on the show more often, and uh, we really look forward to being able to, I personally really look forward to being able to go to Paso's Robles and uh and, uh, you know, just hang out with you and take a yeah, tour Yeah, I'll take you. you to Harmony. I'll take yeah. you to Harmony. I'll take you to some sweet-ass beaches because there is never anyone on the beach. Well, maybe, like, maybe three to five people, but that's it. Like, we've yes. got empty beaches all year long. How can people get a hold of you, April? Oh, find me on Instagram at Higherway Travel. You can find me on Facebook at Higherway Travel. You can find me on my email at HigherwayTravel at Gmail, or you can check out my website at HigherwayTravel.com. Dot com. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's so many different dots now <laughs> these days. Yep. So thank you so much, April Black, Highway Travel. We'll talk to you guys soon on another episode of High on Tour with Victor Pino. have these disaster stories they're not horrible disasters and i luckily enough i haven't had any horrible disasters on my doors thankfully but uh one of the disaster stories i always tell is is the the story of the uh folks who like got on the bus and were like edibles 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 and i was explaining to them it doesn't just don't take you know go low start low go slow this is a door you you can't walk back through if you walk if you take too many and and no, no, we're pros, we're pros. And they're just like downing, like, you know, peach rings that are just 10 milligrams each, five, 10 milligrams each. And by the, by the second or third hour of the tour, these dudes were in the back of the bus, just completely just snoring assed out. Um, the, their friends who, who were smart enough not to consume over a hundred milligrams of edibles on the first run out, uh, or just like tossing trash at them. It was just like, yeah, this is the level, these are the levels of, of exciting fun times we get ourselves into on these tours.